tell of all his wondrous works. Tell of all his wonders. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wonders. Remember the wonders he has done. No one can fathom. Wonderful, wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. At a special Wonderful to Tell event, we had the privilege of meeting Florence Feldman and hearing her story. Her friend and one of the hosts for our evening, Jason Strampy, introduced her to the audience. Let's join in. Okay, so this is my friend Flo. We met uh, a few years back. I went to the same church, and uh, she is a very sweet uh, Jewish believer in Jesus and just has a lot of kind of life experience and wisdom, and, and we were both single at the same time, so we bonded over that, and uh, I've learned a lot from her, so without further ado. Well, <clears throat> I can hardly wait to hear what I'm going to say. I have about two hours worth of material. Uh, Fifteen minutes wouldn't do it, but anyhow, let me pray to begin with, okay? Oh, Lord, this is about you, not about me, Father. And I just invite, Lord God, that your spirit would be here with us, that you would touch people here, Father, deeply as you touched me. And would they come to know your presence, that they would come to know your love, that they would come to know the depth of who you are, Father. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In fact... It says it better in Ephesians. When I came across this verse, I cried. It says um, that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. When I was five years old, my parents, who wanted to do the best thing in the world for me, for their children, uh, sent me off to overnight camp in Maine. I lived in Baltimore. We took an overnight train, and for eight weeks I was in camp. That caused me to have some very early childhood trauma um, that was very deep. Uh, It started a root of bitterness in me, although I didn't know that until I was much, 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 much older. I really stopped trusting my parents or trusting much of anybody. And I was hurt and spent, I would say, the most part of my life alone. I was raised with a full-time maid. I just had to be cute and dressed properly, but I didn't have many 
uh, life skills. I never knew how to do anything, cook, uh, clean, anything I was taken care of. And I really, like I said, I just needed to be kind of adorable. And I did that uh, fairly well. Uh, and so my basis for my decisions came from a very uneducated viewpoint. I hated high school with a passion. And the thought of going to college was very unattractive to me. And so I had a solution. See, I always had solutions. And my solution was to get married. It's not a solution. But uh, you know, at my age, I was 19. So I got married. It got me out of the house. It said I could have sex without guilt. I, I thought that would be pretty good. It wasn't as easy as I thought. I didn't make the best wife. I didn't know how to do anything. Um, and I felt really badly about myself. But I felt bad about myself anyhow. So that was just more feeling bad. And then I had another solution, which was the way to solve the problems in my marriage was to have a child. So I got pregnant and had one child and then had another child. And there I was at 24 with two children. Uh, I went into therapy. I went into group therapy and met some women, and I met one woman who eventually became my husband's girlfriend. And eventually, when I was 28 years old, I became a single mother. I got to tell you, that was one of the most painful things I ever went through in my life, and that was many, 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 many years ago. I never wanted to get divorced. I never wanted to be a single mother. I had no idea how to do it. So where was God in all this? Well, I, I kind of believed in God uh, all my life. I went to Sunday school. I liked the services, being raised Jewish. I loved the, a lot of the, you know, it was part of my culture. I was raised in a Jewish ghetto. I called it the Gilded Ghetto. But anyhow, it was a, a life of, of privilege in many, many ways. We had moved to the West Coast from the East Coast. Ten months later, I was on my own with two children. And I was a mess. And I started searching. And from the time I was 28 till the time I was 46, I spent a lot of time searching. I started off going to Overeaters Anonymous because I had a weight problem. And I learned the 12 steps. I did transcendental meditation. And then I had a spiritual teacher. I meditated in the morning and evening for an hour. And then along the way, I chanted with the Buddhists. I went to a sweat lodge. I danced with the Sufis. I spent a month in an ashram. I was, oh, I did crystal healing. I did divination. I had a spirit guide. I went into the new age. I was looking for God. And I had some people that knew Jesus that witnessed to me. And I always told them, hey, I got to tell you, it's very nice. I'm Jewish. I don't do Jesus. And so that was fine. Um, so how in the world did me, who went through all of this stuff, who had been outrageous in many ways, because I took an alternative route. I couldn't be married and have the life that I knew. So I went a path I didn't know. I went a path that I made up all by myself. So I did go to college. I went to Evergreen State College, which is a no grades. It's only evaluations and contracts. I graduated when I was 32 years old. I became an organizing consultant. Nobody was an organizing consultant. I was a massage therapist. How did a person like that, who didn't do Jesus, come to know Jesus? Well, 
you know, time went on and I was very spiritual. I knew about the spirit and I discerned the spirit. I'm going to try to do this story in very short period of time. When I was first divorced, I went from Seattle to El Paso, Texas in a bread truck. I was a hippie at that time. And I had my two little kids and a dog that had just had his leg amputated. Um, and so I got to Springfield, Oregon, and I realized I was not going to survive with these two little kids, three and seven, running around in the back of this bread truck and this dog, and I'm driving. And so I had a book called The Organic Traveler, and I put an ad over the radio, Women Going South Needs Riders. And at 10 o'clock at night, I'm riding down a pitch dark road in Springfield, Oregon to pick up two people that answered the ad that I'd never met before. And I'm singing to myself, freedom is when you got nothing else to lose, Janis Joplin. Because as far as I was concerned, I didn't have anything to lose. Guess what? They were two Jews from New York. The chances of that happening are, I don't think there's a mathematical equation for that. But that happened three times. It happened then, it happened in the middle of the desert, and on the way home when I had some hitchhikers, this is 1972, so I felt bad about them. And so I felt like this voice inside that said, pick them up, pick up the next hitchhiker. I did, his name was Craig. He had total acne all over his face, but who cares? Uh, we let off the hitchhikers, and I felt like that little voice said to me, go with him wherever he goes. So I went and he was living with a Jewish family. So three times, on the way back to the house that I lived in in Seattle, I got a very strong impression, a message, as it were, that I was never to deny my Judaism. Well, how did a girl who went through all that come to know Jesus? It was an interesting thing and quite unexpected, and I still think God has an amazing sense of humor. Um, as an organizing consultant, there was an article about me in a computer magazine, and somebody hired me, and I went in their house. I gave my spiel about organization being the orderly movement of energy, and, I, you know, I had a whole big spiel because I was really spiritual. So they were really believers. I didn't know that. And they're listening to me going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he had been brought up partially in Israel, he came from a Jewish background. She came out of the New Age. She'd been an astrologer. So they knew me immediately, all my spiel, all my vocabulary. I mean, I was like very clear to them. And they at one point said, they took me in the kitchen when I had, after I was working, finished working with them, and they opened up a Bible. Now, this was Hebrew on one side and English on the other, because I would not have paid any attention to any kind of Christian Bible but it was Hebrew, that's, that's the mother tongue. They began to talk to me, they had me read Isaiah 53. And I said, hmm, sounds like Jesus. So what? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I realized it sounded like Jesus, but, but that didn't break through. What break, broke through was when they took me to Deuteronomy 18. It says, there shall not be found among you anyone that makes a son and daughter to pass through fire or that uses divination 
or an observer of the times, so that's an astrologer, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, I had a spirit guide, or a necromancer, I had had my, hand, my, my palms read, I'd been to a fortune teller. For all those, these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And that broke me. I never wanted to be an abomination to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's my God. And suddenly, I was in a place where I thought, oh my, unwittingly, but still, I have done these things very casually with a cavalier attitude, and now I'm guilty. And what do I do? I was deeply committed and convicted that my Judaism was more than anything I would understand. And I knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was my God. And I had done abominable things. And at that moment, the Lord appeared to me. Uh, not as a person in a vision, but I always think of it as like over me, was this most personal understanding voice that spoke to me, not audibly, but to my deep, deep, deep heart that said, I understand. My people have been going astray since the very beginning. I came to lead people back to God. Follow me. I am Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. That was 29 years ago in March. And the Lord has done amazing things with this wayward girl. He has told me and convinced me in many ways that I am loved, which I didn't believe. He convinced me that I didn't have to be phony. I didn't need a front. That who I was was good enough. That he loved me with a love that I would never understand. And it was not all hearts and flowers. Because at some point, I fell in love with a man. Oh, my biggest, oh, my solution I forgot to mention was, I was still single, you understand. So my solution still, up through my 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 60s, yeah, was to get married. And I'd hear all these people say, I came to Jesus, and six months later, I met my husband. <laughs> and I'm like, 10 years, 20 years, 25, I mean, no husband, nothing. And that was my solution. I had a solution. The Lord's solution was different. He wanted me whole. He wants everybody whole. He wanted me in love with him to know that he was in love with me. He wanted me to know that when he said no, I couldn't go on a cruise with this man and I couldn't do what he asked me to do. And I wanted with all my heart and soul to go away and run away and be in love and, you know, do what people do. I couldn't do it because it wasn't, he didn't know the Lord and it wasn't the Lord's will for me to do it. And that was hard. The Lord has put me through hard things 
put me through cancer, through lymphoma, and I sat in the hospital, and I, I don't like doctors, excuse me, I, I, I like Jason, <laughs> but I was not a lover of the medical profession, excuse me, Amy, um, I, before I had lymphoma. Uh, now I like them a lot because I'd be dead if it wasn't for them. And um, I didn't like going through all those tests and everything, and I was sitting in the hospital one day, and the Lord said to me, you're haughty. I don't use the word haughty. I'm going haughty? I didn't even know it was in the Bible. I, it's all over the place, but I didn't know that. And he said, you need to pray for these people. I started off them telling me I, they needed a transfusion, and I said, I don't do transfusions. I don't do other people's blood. Spiritually, it's, uh, you know, I wouldn't do that. I ended up needing a transfusion in order to get the treatment that I needed. And when I was getting the transfusion with the blood dripping in my arm, suddenly I got very grateful and I thought, Lord God, thank these people who've ever given me their blood because without this blood, I couldn't live. And he made it very clear to me, I gave my blood so that you could live. He is so awesome. The Lord is so good, and he's so personal. He takes and loves each one of us in a unique way that nobody else can do. I've learned what it is to be loved. I know what it is to be whole. And I am 75 years old and 29 years old in the Lord. I think I'm more 29 than I am 75. I think that God is, I know, I don't think. And it's not because I'm a, I know where anything is in the Bible because I, I can't find things half the time. But I know in my knower, in my heart, that he is real. He's more real than what we think is real. We live in such a fantasy. And he lives in a reality. And he's constantly calling us to him. And I just praise him with everything in me. So my newest thing, which is kind of a fascinating thing, was uh, in the past month or so, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do with my life because I don't do bingo. And I really didn't want to go on a trip. And I don't want to go off. I'm, and I'm healthy. And, you know, so what? And I don't care about getting married anymore. So it really left me like I'm like an open slate. And my next big endeavor is I'm going to go be with the Lord. So what do I do between now and going to be with the Lord? It's like, wow, what do I do? And I believe the Lord put on my heart that I could go to graduate school. Now, I've wanted to be and have worked as a quasi-therapist and counselor all my life. But I called myself an organizer because I wasn't credentialed. I never thought I could go to graduate school for one of many reasons. I have learning I could go on and on and tell you all the reasons I couldn't go. But I'm actually applying. I got my transcripts from college that are 43 years old. They had them. 
I don't know what I'm going to do. It doesn't make any difference. It's an adventure. I believe the Lord is calling me in that direction. I may get, uh, who knows? I may get on my tombstone. She graduated. I don't know. <laughs> but it doesn't make any difference because we don't plan the future. That's in the Lord's hands. We don't have solutions. That's the Lord's job. All we have is today. And each day we do the best we can. And when we mess up, we have a God that understands. He truly, truly understands. So we, if we can get past our own will, our own pride, our own solutions, and lay our lives down, he said it all. You can find freedom. I am better now than I've ever been in my whole life. I'm happier now than I've ever been in my whole life. I'm whole for the first time. I don't get depressed. I'm 60 pounds thinner than I was before. I know I'm a food addict. I don't eat things I shouldn't. I walk with the Lord very, very, with great fear and trembling because I know who I am. I could tell you things about myself that would make your hair stand up, but I wouldn't do it with a mic on. So just trust me to say there's a lot to the story that I didn't tell you. I was a wild woman and a hurting, hurting, hurting soul. And I'm now a new creature in Jesus. It didn't happen in two hours. It didn't happen in two weeks. It's taken a long time, but he is undyingly faithful. I ask that God would bless you and keep you, that his countenance would shine upon you, and he would give you peace. Amen. I cannot think of a better way to end this story than to return to the beginning and share the passage from Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 4 through verse 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This episode was produced by Michael, Brad, and Tracy Conrad with the invaluable support of our crew members, Lindy, Kevin, Katie, Karen, Nancy, Mark, Debbie, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed our intro, Lindy Conrad came up with our name, and Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. Thanks for listening. 